Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. You're on Team Human. This is a preview of this week's bonus content. The first 20 minutes or so of my conversation with my great friend, the funny, friendly, forgiving, and philosophical comedian Greg Barris. You can hear the whole thing by becoming a member of Team Human and subscribing to the Team Human team feed. Just go to teamhuman.fm and click on support. Here's your sneak peek. So among the many things that we've talked about over the years, uh, the one that really kind of tickled me most, because it it retrieved for me a time before you were alive. Um, not that I'm that much older, but there was a time in the in like the early '70s when my parents would take me to weird movies like Chariots of the Gods, and we'd get in the mail we got like Man, Myth, and Magic. You know these these. It was sort of the precursor to New Age, but these ideas that. Who really made the pyramids? Where did the statues on Easter Island come from? We were visited. We are, and you showed me this book by this guy, um, and I forgot his name now. Um, Velislavsky, Emanuel Velikovsky. Emanuel Velikovsky. That sort of made it look like, oh no, this isn't just crazy stuff. This comes from science. Yeah, it comes from science, man. <laughs> <laughs> it does. So who was this guy? Was he just crazy or was he real? A real scientist? He he was a um a psychologist. So he has like a PhD in psychology from uh like the Edinburgh School of in Moscow, something like that. <laughs> and then well, you know, I got into him because of my uncle. My uncle Pete, who I lived with, my great uncle Pete, who I lived with in New York, just had everything on this guy, like every, all the original books and all these manuscripts and, you know, and it's, um, he puts together 
a body of work that says there was a cataclysm 13,500 years ago, and here's a book on the geological evidence, here's a book on the astrophysiological evidence, and here's a book on the mythological evidence buried in the mythology of all the people of the Earth in this time frame. And that seems to be now, over and over, there's so much evidence that this is what happened. So there's like this millennium or set of centuries when all this weird stuff happened, like Bible stuff, like this might have been Mount Sinai, or this might have been the flood, flood. and this explains the asteroid that landed in Russia and knocked down all the trees that, you know, they make those Tarkovsky movies about, what was that? Stalker, you know, weird zones. This explains why Stalker was made. (laughs) (laughs) Which everyone really, that's the big question of life. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, and also, you know, 13,000 years ago, as we enter, like one age ends and another, another age starts and there's a massive climate change. And, uh, you know, we have like impact sites and the biggest lakes at the time and stuff happened, major floods, you know, this stuff is everywhere. And so he puts together all this work and he's not just, you know, he's, he's really on the up and up. He's working with Einstein on the math on all of this, which is uh, really interesting. He's got Einstein signing off and like working on the astrophysical math. And then, um, you know, he's got uh, everybody's sort of on board early and then it just becomes really popular. And that's when everybody turns on this guy and huh. and take tries to take him down. And then they ultimately do like take him down and bury him in history. Carl Sagan takes him down. You know, it's like. I mean, well, you know, you figure Carl Sagan is like trying to popularize real science, right? He's on Channel 13, whatever, PBS with his show, The Cosmos and all, and trying to say, this is the Milky Way, this is what stars are, this is what a red, you know, nova, supernova is, this is that. And then he sees this guy who's like popularizing facacta science, right? What? You think Mars and Venus passed by Earth too close a zillion years ago, and that's what made these things? Yeah. So this is like in the, what, 70s is when Sagan has his TV show? Yeah, 70s and 80s, yeah. Velikovsky writes these books in like 1949, 1950. Carbon dating comes out in 1949. And now there's so much evidence for all this stuff with the carbon dating. But before that, it was all like theoretical. Anyway, Sagan dedicates a whole episode to his, of his show. Like, hey, here's this guy, Emmanuel Velikovsky, who you, the American, you don't know who he is. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you who he is and why he's crazy and stupid and wrong. <laughs> And then uh, that began the process of really trying to bury him in the public. But the Velikovsky story theory is that Jupiter, there's like a, an electro an electro event in our galaxy, Jupiter, which is a, basically a star that doesn't become a star, explodes Venus out of it. Venus beelines it for the sun, uh, wraps around the sun, picks up Mercury for a second, moves its orbit, and then passes by the Earth, and then goes back into what becomes its current orbit. This takes about 100 years, causes like massive, you know, you've got asteroids hitting the Earth, you've got tidal waves, volcanic activity, this just kills a lot of people, it it also causes like famine and drought, you just go into everywhere, no one is unaffected by it. So the idea is, though, this is not 
before life. It's like people walking around doing their stuff on Earth. Maybe little civilizations going on, whatever. You know, probably like, pretty pretty advanced level civilizations all over. This is thirteen thousand five hundred years ago. You know, you right. have a lot and of so stuff then the out shit there. just hits the fan. Like major shit hits the fan. I mean, this is not just a a, a a meteorite hitting in in the middle of Siberia. This is like a planet going this by is Venus and Venus, a big thing, and everything like fire. Exactly. And big and you shit. You would see it. Hitting would us. Be, it would be this giant <laughs> fucking thing yeah. in the sky every day for uh, you know over a hundred years, like really close, shooting stuff off of it. It would look crazy. <laughs> yeah. It would look crazy, and then all this other stuff is happening because of it, and. It's not, you know, you would relate like, oh, this big thing is, an, and then we're having earthquakes and everything's going nuts. So it's probably because of that. And then you get these stories that come right at this time, even the like, um, like the Greek gods, like Athena comes out of the head of Zeus. This is like Jupiter exploding Venus, you know, and you can trace these earlier roots of these gods to those planets, you know, stuff like that. It's interesting, you know, so I always go in the other direction you know, which is more like things happen. What do they mean? And this is kind of going more like uh, a little bit like, you know, Sigmund Freud with Moses and monotheism and all saying, okay, um, we've got these weird memories and images in our mythology and these gods in our religion. Let's find out What's the actual scientific thing of this? Absolutely. Why did that bush just burn forever? What you know? What was yeah. the flood? You know, in some ways, it's really. In some ways, it's it's looking for the most boring, physical, actual, real scientific reason that cool stuff happened. But on the other hand, it's kind of cool. You know, it's kind of cool because it's like real. And then a lot of people have done this kind of work, and it it's not crazy or any it's not pseudoscience like okay why the mountain talking uh you know this is coming from religions of volcano worship where does volcano worship come from what it, what are the stories in those religions you know these things come from different places we have the greek gods because of the celestial body and the roman gods and these gods are actually akkadian gods and you know we have the these events cause things that happen and and like the flood it's like this flood story is not just in the bible you know it's everywhere so it's all over the place and different places have their different ways of describing it does he go all the way into you know there's other stuff that we talked about and it might not be him though like that the earth is this sort of slave planet for these beings from another galaxy or somewhere and they I, they I feel like you always want it to be this guy talking about that yeah, but I don't but he doesn't him. get in he doesn't do that no but do you know the stuff I mean that weird stuff that's like where they're they want us to mine for gold and they gave the Egyptians these technologies so they would enslave us and now you go like to the bank of London in the old city of London there's a group of lizard people that are meeting and in contact with the aliens Hey, I've heard of I've heard all this stuff, you know, maybe they're in the middle of the earth, maybe they're from Sirius, maybe they're, you know, who the what the the Anunnaki. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> the Nephilim, the, the Anunnaki. The Nephilim. It's it's there in, in print in the Bible, the Nephilim, these tall dudes that came yeah. and had sex with all of our uh, our people. Jacques Cousteau went to the bottom of Lake Titicaca. He says the skeletons are down there, you know. There's a lot of he did? there's a lot of technology. Yeah, he did. So can't we go back? And 
look we should at them. Go. I mean, I, do, <laughs> let's yeah, do a I would go. Let's go. If you're you listening go. to this, Team please Human raise money. Right. How much do you need to go down there? Well, there's this guy who has a uh, like this really cool new um, like submarine with it's like a big bubble, and it go, he takes people down to Challenger Deep, and he takes people to the five deepest places. Now you can just go; it's like reverse Everest. And uh, right, James Cameron goes on those kind of trips. Yeah, yeah, and this guy's really cool. I forget his name, but he he'll take us down to the bottom of Lake Titicaca, but it'll probably cost something like you know two million bucks. But we can raise that here. Yeah, it's still. I'd rather do that than go with Richard Branson up into the space place. No, we go to the bottom of Lake Titicaca. Apparently, there's also some kind of portal door down there. Excellent. We see the skeletons. We see that this is for for hum- humanity, teen humanity. Yeah, and we have a Stargate down there too, which is even better. There's a Stargate down there. Yeah, but Velikovsky didn't talk about all that. But you did mention Freud, and Velikovsky is uh, he got his degree from Freud's apprentice and. Basically, the the culminating thing of his theory is that this event happened. The whole Earth experienced it. It wiped out a huge pop part of the population. It caused uh, hundreds of years of like rebuilding. We lost a lot of information. No one was unaffected, and we have sort of not dealt with this collective trauma and f- forgotten about it and it's buried in the past and this is why and uh, this is why we're enacting the mass this like mass extinction event all the time and trying to kill as many people that ha- this is why we're getting into the atomic war this is why we're you know um having these huge world wars and this is velikovsky is like saying these things in like 1940 to 1949 and it's like the you know the atomic era is coming out and this he's you know these things are getting linked up to that and that's also he starts getting attacked for that too but his idea is that we need to remember this thing in the past make peace with it and and you know heal from this trauma otherwise we're going to keep reenacting this suppressed traumatic event which is like the Freudian original, well, I don't know, original, but Freudian idea of traumatic psychology. Right. And then it doesn't really, really matter whether he's right or wrong about what it was. So you could say, okay, he believes and has, you know, his evidence that Jupiter was popping out of Jupiter, you know, that, that was birthing a Venus that went by and did all this stuff. Other people might say, oh, there was just a really big meteor storm that might have happened then. Or there's all sorts of things that could happen. There could have been a huge amount of, you know, volcanoes somewhere that we don't know about that created ash that changed our relationship to the sun. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons you could have a century of cataclysms on the planet. Sure, absolutely. I mean, the thing about the work he did and has continued has been done since these books were published is that there absolutely was an event about 13,500 years ago. That's, we know that now. And then a lot of the things we didn't have the technology for, but now so much work has been done and we've, you know, there's, there's so many more even myths we've found. There's so many more geological evidence at the time. It was like, Oh, we he theorized that Jupiter would be emitting this type of radio frequency, um, and at that time, it was like, well, that's probably not, th- why would it be emitting any frequency? And now we know it was. And now we have the carbon dating. And now we have, you know, it's just like, a, and but but regardless of him, just regular science is like, yeah, this, this impact happened 13,000 years ago, and it caused a climate change. And, you know, before that, we didn't have these structures, too. Like, we didn't have this thing called Gobekli Tepe, which they found, like, in 2008 or nine, which is... 25, 30,000 years old 
definitely. So it's like we didn't have these structures that were like, oh, th there was civilization then, but now we know it. You know, we have it. So he was more right than Sagan in this. Yeah, and they called him a crack. I mean, this just like the stuff they were like, this is like voodoo, witchcraft, black arts, crackpot, pseudoscience. And it's like, well, if you look at the books, they're not like him telling a story. It's like, here's this geologist and his team over the last 10 years, and here's a chapter from him and his team describing this the, these uh, things. And it's like, this guy has multiple PhDs and teaches geology. And then here's this other, you know, it's not, it's all that. It's boring, you know? <laughs> it's not like a, a fictitious book. And every book is like that. It's like, here's all these people who have done all this work and are talking about it. And, you know, you got Einstein working on this shit. So it's not like right. crap. Well, right. He and Einstein started a school, right, in Israel for this stuff? Yeah. They started a school, and then they they brought the school to Manhattan, the Hebrew school of something. Oh, really? They did. They started a school. Einstein was – his book was open on his desk when Einstein died. They had a correspondence. They talked, especially the last 18 months of Einstein's life. They're, like, getting deep into all this stuff because Einstein's like – you need to go get a PhD in astrophysics so that you can write this thing that way so that the scientific community can look at it. And Velikovsky's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and <laughs> and that, that's, that's why the one of the reasons is that it's rewriting history. It's rewriting science. A lot of these things can't be explained by Newtonian physics, but now we have a lot of explanations for these things. And um, at the time, it was just like, saying, hey, history is wrong, uh, ac academia, and so is your bad science about how this all happened, academia. And actually... Right. They love hearing that. Yeah. yeah. Because the narrative <laughs> is that we're always progressing. The narrative is that we're at the peak of society. The narrative is that, yeah, we've had impact events, but they were maybe millions of years ago. And this, you know, we're fine. And it's like, actually, this kind of thing happens. And did happen i mean it's kind of comforting in a way because it means that you know whatever happens you know people make it through to the other side civilizations come and go it's you know things look bad it looks like this is the end but it's just the end for most of us <laughs> yeah people survive this you know people survive this thing but it probably would have been pretty it would it would have selected everybody you know there it would have been a real spattering of who made it it would it wouldn't have mattered where you were and what you were doing you couldn't have predicted what what is what was going to happen you might not have been in your bunker and even if you were your bunker might have gotten exploded so it didn't matter wow so your billion dollar bunker doesn't necessarily make you more uh, more probable to make it through no you way. might just be some some dude sitting somewhere and you're fine Exactly. You know, probably people that did make it were like above ground in a forest on a high elevation, not near any kind of um, volcanic activity. Yeah, I stay far from volcanoes during cataclysms. That's just Me my too. rule of thumb. Yeah, I have that on my coffee mug. Because <laughs> the thing I like about it, I mean, when I put my team human hat on, I mean, it it doesn't matter so much exactly what it was that happened or how it happened and who lived and who died and all that, but that we have this, this shared species trauma, you know, whatever it might be. Like for me, it was always, I always remembered, um, you know, in 2001 space odyssey, there's this scene when the sort of 
the monkey-like people. It's nighttime and they're sitting by this cliff and they got their eyes, oh, they should be sleeping, but they hear in the background like, like there's some saber-toothed tiger or something walking around and they're just sitting there up at night and I'm thinking, how many like hundreds of thousands of years did we sit up at night afraid that something's going to just kill us? You know, and, and where does that memory go? You know, yeah. it's still there, right? It's well, a that's shared... a brain body thing. It's like our body has that part of our system is so much older than these frontal parts of our brain that are like making, you know, having these logical things and and rational thought processes. So, so your, our body reacts to these things because it's in our much older body to to have these things. And if you don't um, have some kind of somatic therapy, you are enacting these unconsciously and so that's the idea is like we're you know this stuff is buried in us and you need to get it out so that we stopped so we can stop killing each other or stop trying to destroy the earth or each other you know we're enacting it all the time like you can see it everywhere so you know and then i think there's always been something interesting to me when an entire when when science historically or before science like religion or whatever the powers that be really come down together and hard on something there's a lot of times in history where that thing turns out to be right and it's like oh why are they so afraid of this idea and Velikovsky's first set of books they printed 55,000 cuz his papers were like a big hit and he became really popular and um you know, the academic Ivy League school community comes down on him. And the, this, the, it's like Macmillan is printing the books and they print all these college textbooks and they, they, they're like, oh, if you print these, we're going to stop using you to print our textbook at Princeton and Harvard and a couple other places. And they were like, fine. And they canceled the whole thing and sold it to Doubleday, you know, put the books on hold for like a year, but then they're a hit. They all sell. It's a massive, you know, and it's a hit with young people, this whole idea. And then it's like, you have this guy who's not part of the academic community becoming really popular, especially with like young college kids uh, and um, kind of, kind of like a Timothy Leary kind of character in a, in a more boring way, you know? Yeah. I saw the documentary and he's pretty, uh, he's got a pretty flat affect. I mean, it could be because maybe English isn't his first language, but He's you pretty know. flat, you know, and yeah. he's not funny. He's not doing bits and riffs. <laughs> no, but you know, they probably the very best thing. I mean, get banned and people notice you, you know. It's, <laughs> they probably did him banned, a favor. His books take off, but then, you know, the re- lots of colleges, professors, academics around the world are like, "Yeah, wow, this is great." And he has a million academics and scholars in his works that he's that helped him do it and he's citing and he's right. using their research so i mean i do think it would be it'd be irresponsible for us to say oh look this is science this is the real story this stuff all actually happened because a lot of it's been kind of disproved astronomically but uh, a lot of it hasn't or or the the bigger story is true the sort of the the fact that there were these cataclysms, even if he didn't identify exactly what they were or what their causes were, it's like this shit happened. It is our shared experience, and 
we owe it to ourselves to somehow collectively retrieve these experiences. It's also, you know, we talked a lot on the show about René Girard and the scapegoat and all that, you know, that there are these sort of collective memories, you know, the Moses and monotheism was about the collective memory of, you know, uh, uh, Freud, I don't think he's right. He thinks that we killed Moses. Like, we killed him and ate him when he came down off Mount Sinai. It's like, oh, dude, I don't know if you need to go there. But, you know, that that there is a shared sense of guilt or shame or something that we've, we haven't yet quite reckoned with, which is back to, you know, I forgive you. The, taking a group of two or three, four hundred people and having them do a shared ritual together kind of does an un. un it unleashes that collective spirit thing. Absolutely. You know, and we don't get those opportunities so much, you know, in a, in a non, I guess, church setting or something. Right. Or even rave. It's like, oh, so everybody's on ecstasy, you know, and for three hours experiences themselves doing it while they're really high, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's better than nothing, but uh, do you know what I mean? It seems pretty kind of forced to me now at my, in my old age, it feels a little, you know, a little primitive. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, get to a rave. You can, you can be old and at a rave. Yeah, I know, but you know what I mean. But it's a little forced. I mean, there's subtle, there's subtler, easier paths. You know, Burning Man's not so easy or subtle, but it does have a really cool um, taking you out of your zone into some new collective zone. But yeah, there's not a lot of opportunities for these kind of things, and. And yeah, just it's like when the world is coming down on an idea and stopping the publishing of a book, that's like burning books. It's like, okay, well, what I want to read the book that people are like, we have to burn this book. <laughs> like, exactly. That, that's always that's top my of whole my life. List. I'm like, well, that's probably something I should see. <laughs> yeah, well, you look historically who they burned. Whose books is that? Maimonides, Spinoza. I mean, these are good, good books. You know, this is like Galileo shit. It's like, we need to stop this man. He's crazy. Or like people that are, the, the early people that are like, there's these things and they're, they're small bacterium and that's getting on our bodies and we're getting us sick. And there's good bacterium and people are like, you fucking lunatics, kill them or just, you know, put them pretty far away and don't let, give them access to printing. So that's, you know, that's what happens to Velikovsky. And then Sagan even goes so far not only to dedicate a whole show to, like, telling you who he is and why he's wrong, but he, sked, he like, hosts and and puts on these live debates in New York and Princeton um, where he'll have six people debating Velikovsky in an auditorium, and it's, like, recorded, the audio, and um, hundreds of people are there, and they they just tear into him and don't even let him talk. And the, you can look at the transcripts and listen to them. It's like garbage. It's it's really bad. And and so when that's happening, it's like, well, there's probably something here. <laughs> right. The, the, she doth protest too much. That whole thing. Well, that's all you get. If you want to hear the whole conversation and gain access to the growing archive of new material and conversations from the vault with friends including Timothy Leary, John Barlow, Naomi Klein, Joanna Harcourt-Smith, Terrence McKenna, as well as invitations to our live salon events and Discord channel, just go to teamhuman.fm and click on support. See you there. In manufacturing, you need to automate intelligently to compete effectively. But not all automation solutions are created equally. 
AGVs and AMRs driven by Bluebotics Ant technology offer robust, accurate performance and native interoperability. Because your material handling can be smarter. Visit antdriven.com. That's antdriven.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today, we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.